0: I'd invite y'all to pray with me. Gracious and holy God, uh, Lord, we long for lives that are a blessing. Uh, Lord, we long to be part um, of building something good and beautiful in your world. Uh, Lord, we long to be part of uh, helping to cultivate life here. So teach us today, O oh God. Open our hearts and our spirits to your word. Help us to hear your command. Inspire us uh, to have the courage to live it. Um, remind us of what a sacred gift it is. Um, to have this life that we've been given, uh, the freedom that we've been given, and help us uh, to not squander those gifts, oh God, but to live for you and for this world you so love. Send your spirit in this time and space, oh Lord. It's in your name. Amen. So as we continue uh, to move from um, in 1 Peter, um, in the midst of our sermon series, we turn to chapter 3, verses 8 through 22. Um, This translation comes from the message, let us listen for God's word for us this day. Summing up, be agreeable, be sympathetic, be loving, be compassionate, be humble, That goes for all of you, no exceptions, no retaliation, no sharp-tongued sarcasm. Instead, bless. That's your job, to bless. You'll be a blessing and also get a blessing. Whoever wants to embrace life and see the day fill up with good, here's what you do. Say nothing evil or hurtful, snub evil, and cultivate good. Run after peace for all your worth. God looks on all of this with approval, listening and responding well to what he's asked, but he turns his back on those who do evil things. If with heart and soul you're doing good, do you think you can be stopped? Even if you suffer for it, you're still better off. Don't give the opposition a second thought. Through thick and thin, keep your hearts at attention in adoration before Christ, your master. Be ready to speak up and tell anyone who asks why you're living the way you are. And always with the utmost courtesy. Keep a clear conscience before God so that when people throw mud at you, none of it will stick. They'll end up realizing that they're the ones who need a bath. It's better to suffer for doing good, if that's what God wants, than to be punished for doing bad. That's what Christ did definitively. Suffered because of others' sins. The righteous one for the unrighteous ones. He went through it all was put to death and then made alive to bring us to God. He went and proclaimed God's salvation to earlier generations who ended up in the prison of judgment because they wouldn't listen. You know, even though God waited patiently all the days that Noah built his ship, only a few were saved then, eight to be exact, saved from the water by the water. The waters of baptism do that for you, not by washing away dirt from your skin, but by presenting you through Jesus' resurrection before God with a clear conscience. Jesus has the last word on everything and everyone, from angels to armies. He's standing right alongside God, and what he says goes. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. So as we gathered together last week for worship, we named how our emotional systems were on overload because of all that was happening in the world around us. So much of which seems so counter to what God would want for us and for creation. As we gather together these seven days later, all of what we were holding a week ago seems only all that much more heavy. The wildfires out west continue to rage and are now threatening Lake Tahoe, one of those natural wonders of our land that many fear will never be the same. Hurricane Ida is taking aim at the Louisiana coast as a category four hurricane on this, the 16th anniversary of Hurricane Katrina. I saw a plea shared by our own Brianna Bain, who is working as a nurse at KU Med's emergency department for people to do what they can to stop the spread of the virus in our community. As so many of the emergency departments in our area are at capacity and frontline workers are exhausted and our healthcare systems are getting closer to a breaking point. We all witnessed the ISIS-K attack on the Kabul airport that took 13 of our own service members as they sacrificed their lives in service to our country, as well as countless Afghan men, women, and children who were desperately seeking a way to safety in the midst of the Taliban's return to power in their country. As I awoke today, there was warning of another imminent attack as our military now works to evacuate its own. There is so much suffering in the world around us right now. So much to grieve. So, ma- so much about which to worry. So much to carry. Too much. What felt true last week feels even more so this week. It is all too much. And yet... It is. It is the world as we know it today. And today we hear these words from Peter. Be agreeable. Be sympathetic. Be loving. Be compassionate. Be humble. That goes for all of you. No exceptions. No retaliation. No sharp-tongued sarcasm. Instead, bless. That's your job. To bless. You'll be a blessing and you'll get a blessing. Whoever wants to embrace life and see the day fill up with good, here's what you do. Say nothing evil or hurtful. Snub evil. Cultivate good. Run after peace with all your worth. I've been struggling with this text a bit this week. Because it's written to a Christian community that was being persecuted for their way of life, that was suffering for following Jesus, for living as he commanded. While I do believe that truly following Jesus in our day to day is countercultural here, the backdrop of what is happening in Afghanistan right now is a really potent reminder of how good we actually have it. You and I don't have to suffer much to live and practice our faith. Unlike Peter's community, the suffering we have to face isn't a retribution or consequence of faithfully following Jesus. The question for us is a different one when it comes to suffering and our faith. When the world is suffering so, how do we faithfully live in response? We do not want to squander the freedom we enjoy. The events of this week remind us how precious that freedom is and how costly it can be to preserve it. In her commentary on this passage, biblical scholar Shively Smith asks what it demands of us. As ones who seek to follow Jesus toward resurrection life, and be part of generating it in our world today. She hopes that we might find a shared path forward in resurrection life, so that even if we descend temporarily into despair, sorrow, and death, like Christ, we also ascend into new life that is impactful, lasting, glorious, and generative for all. Jesus walked with us into the darkness, into the places where our propensity for evil, for selfishness, selfishness, greed, and violence were on full display. And he suffered the consequences of that evil on our behalf. To follow Christ, we cannot ignore or turn our backs on the suffering we too must face it, and as we talked about last week, find the place where we personally or collectively can draw near and hold the pain felt by our neighbors. Yet just as Christ only dwelled there so long, we too must trust the power of the Spirit of God at work through us to help us rise up and be a part of bringing forth new life in our world. Throughout this week, barked by such suffering in our world, I spent a lot of time writing an application for funding with our denomination, asking them to support our vision for Farmstead 8 with an almost $40,000 investment that would be given to us from support from the National Church as well as our local presbytery. My task was to share the vision and why this work is important in our times why it is worthy of their investment as they desire to use their resources so that new life might flourish in the church and the world it was created to serve. There are days when the problems of the world seem so big that what we hope to do here may feel like a drop in a bucket that is meant to put out a raging wildfire. And yet, As I told our story and shared our vision, I was reminded of the difference we could make in this, our tiny corner of that world. When asked what our theological identity is, which is a fancy way of asking who we understand ourselves to be in light of who we know God to be, I wrote these words. Our theological identity is based on the radical and inclusive love and grace of Jesus Christ, which we trust to be the transforming and reconciling force at work in our world. We trust in God's goodness. We trust in God's love for the world since its creation We trust that God longs for life and restoration for each of us and for all creation, and that Jesus came for that purpose, to lead people and our world toward life. Jesus' ministry was all about relationships. Jesus met people where they were, saw them clearly and for the whole of who they were, and offered them love and grace as he invited them to journey with him as they continued to make their way in the world. We first want to meet people where they are and invite them into a community where there is trust enough to let themselves be truly seen. It is only then that we experience true belonging, and we deeply believe that is such a need in our community. We want to continue to shape a community that is founded upon and characterized by Jesus's radical love and unending grace that has transformed each of our lives and we know has the power to do the same in the lives of others. We deeply believe people yearn to live lives of purpose and are excited to see how bringing people together to do purposeful and tangible work side by side enlivens them and their life of faith, changing not only our community, but all the corners of the world our people touch. Y'all, we want to bring people together on these eight acres to grow a community in this fertile soil where we can all remember and discover not only who we are, but who we were created to be. We want to plant trees and grow food that will feed those who are hungry. We want to create a space where children can play and youth can hang out and know and experience God's love. We want to remind ourselves and our neighbors that we were meant for life, that our whole world was created for life, and we get to choose how we live. We get to choose to love our neighbor or to turn our back on them. We get to choose to care for and steward our earth or to use it up greedily. We get to choose to turn towards suffering out of compassion and love or to ignore it. We get to choose to be part of that which is impactful, lasting, glorious, and generative in our world, or to not. We get to choose to be a blessing or to waste the blessings we have received. Y'all, we have been blessed with so many gifts. We will be a blessing to God, to our neighbors, and to this world if we can help people rise up from despair and sorrow, if we can create a community of people who are agreeable, sympathetic, loving, compassionate, humble, who embrace life, cultivate good, and chase after peace with all they've got. Peter asked this question to the people of his time. If with heart and soul you're doing good, Do you think you can be stopped? In the face of such suffering, in the midst of such uncertain times, let's go after the good with all of our hearts and all of our souls, with all that we've got, and let's see together the new life that can flourish here, that new life that grows by the Spirit's power, that is impactful, lasting, glorious, and generative for all. Let's go after the good with all we've got and see what God can grow in this, our tiny corner of the world. Amen.